everyone, my name is Zachary Rodier and welcome to episode 25 of 614 Check here on the Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio Podcasting Network. And we have a fantastic show for you today and Game 7 Mania rained down on the NHL this past weekend as we had 5 Game 7s in the National Hockey League, the second most ever in NHL history. And of course, we have other series that finished in Game 6s, 5s, and 4s. We're going to get you all of that. Preview the second round as we have great series, four of them, that are actually going to be starting tomorrow on Tuesday. I'm going to give my predictions for those as well. So really excited to talk about everything when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll get to a short Rapid Headlines and College Corner as well, but without further ado, let's get right into recapping Game 7 Mania and the rest of the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and then get to previewing the second round. Enjoy. Getting now into recapping Game 7 Mania and the rest of the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs here on 614 check. Let's start with the games that didn't end up going to seven games. We talked about the Colorado Avalanche versus Nashville Predators last podcast last Wednesday, where the Nashville Predators fell to the Colorado Avalanche in a sweep four games to nothing. Game one, seven two, game two, two to one in overtime, game three, seven three, and game four, five. To three Again, we talked about this last week, but Colorado just a dominant force. Nashville couldn't, weren't able to steal a game or so. UC Soros not being there for the Predators really hurt them and that series. Let's get into the other two games that didn't end up in seven, starting with the St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild. St. Louis winning the series in six games, four to two. Final score will score in the series, uh, but let's of course go through game by game. And this was really a close back-to-back series. In our preview podcast for the playoffs, I said this was going to seven games for the Minnesota Wild. Ultimately, I was wrong here, but this series could have gone either way. But I am very surprised that it did not go to seven games. So game one going four nothing to the Blues. Game two going six two to the Wild, then the Wild then had the momentum, won game three on the road, 5-1, but then the Blues countered back nicely, 5-2, and then that pivotal game five where the Blues in Minnesota got that road win, that's when it started to go wrong for the Wild, of course, they lost uh, to the Blues 5-2 in game five, and then it's always dangerous when you have a clinching opportunity at home in game six. Uh, the Blues winning that game 5-1. to one. The Wild decided to go with Cam Talbot instead of Marc-Andre Fleury in this series uh, for Game 6. Fleury did the rest. You know, I really don't think the goaltender would have made a big difference in this game in Game 6 just because how dominant the St. Louis Blues really were. But I was a little shocked with that decision to put Fleury out um, not necessarily the goals were really his fault in Game 5, but I guess Craig Berube just wanted to give a little bit of a spark to the team. Um, or Craig Berube, the St. Louis Blues coach, he wanted to give a spark to the team, um, you know, to go against that new goaltender. But for the Minnesota Wild and Dean Evanson, you know, and their head coaching staff, wanting to give a spark 
to the Minnesota Wild, actually, to try and get that new goaltender. Ultimately, it didn't work, so for St. Louis, they're now going to go against the Colorado Avalanche. In the second round, we'll get to talking about that series in a little bit, but let's talk about one other series that didn't go to seven games, and this also ended in Game 6, the Florida Panthers and the Washington Capitals. Now, this was a really fun series to watch, I gotta tell you. It was something that I think a lot of people did not expect. Uh, a lot of people expected Florida to have a really easy time with this. Um, but obviously, Florida, you know, they had so much offense in the regular season. Um, but ultimately, Washington put up a great fight. I had Florida in five, ultimately it went to Florida in six. I think Washington put up a much bigger fight than a lot of people expected, but ultimately, they did a really good job in this series. Of course, Capitals fans not happy with how things ended because they could have had the series easily in Game f 4 and Game 5. We'll get to that in a second, but I think this, for the Florida Panthers, this was a great test for them, and I talked about this in the playoff preview. If they got Bob going, and they got going and did well in the first round. I still have them winning the Stanley Cup, of course. I think they're going to go far. Obviously, they're going to have a big test in their opponent um, in the second round that we're going to get to, but obviously just a big series win for the Florida Panthers, their first in a long time. So good for them to get that series win, was able to be there for Game 5. I t said that last week on the podcast. And let me tell you, Florida Panthers fans are here, they're electric, they're ready to go, and 102% capacity. They were down 3-0 in this Game 5, and the Panthers came back, and the roof was going to fall off this place. Kodak Black was there, everyone was there, uh, ready to cheer on the Florida Panthers, and it was really fun to be at and watch. You know, everyone's been saying the Panthers... They, there's no Florida, South Florida hockey fans. Well, they were there. 20,023 of them. And this place was electric, really fun to be at, and was actually the highest average attendance in the first round belonged to the Florida Panthers. So Florida Panthers, South Florida hockey fans were here. Let's talk about this series. Capitals winning game one, a little bit of a surprise. 4-2 in South Florida. The Panthers had a huge, huge response in Game 2. They needed that to tie that series and get it, and they won that game 5-1. to one. Next in Washington, it moved to Game 3. The Capitals had another big bounce-back response win, 6-1 to one, beating the Florida Panthers at home. And then this is when it got really big. The Capitals winning the series 2-1 after Game 3. Game 4 in Washington. This is when the series was either going to be 2-2 or a stranglehold on the series with the Capitals leading the series 3-1. The Capitals had the game. They were winning 2-1, and Hathaway for the Washington Capitals went for the empty net right off the side of the net. And it went for an icing. And right after that, the Florida Panthers tying the game, Sam Reinhart, and ultimately winning the game with Carter Verhage in overtime. Now, this was a really 
big turning point. Now the Florida Panthers have the momentum. They have it on their side, and they started to play. You know, when it comes to Game 4, Washington, of course, had it in their hands, uh, leading the Game 2-1 for most of it. But I do think that the Florida Panthers played the better game overall. 32-16 to 16 shots on goal-wise. 56.9% on the face-offs. This was, of course, in Game 4. Uh, and they really had a, a big opportunity. They had 9 takeaways and only 6 giveaways compared to 18 giveaways for the Washington Capitals. So they were dominating. I, I think it, it, they led the shots in every period. Uh, they only allowed in Game 4 Washington to have 16 shots on goal. So even though Washington was leading that game for the most part, I think in Game 4, this is when the Florida Panthers found their game from the regular season. For the most part, in the games before, Washington was really stifling the Florida Panthers uh, in the neutral zone, not letting them score on the rush, really making it difficult for them to score those odd man rushes and get those goals because... The Florida Panthers are used to scoring on the rush, and they weren't able to do that in games one through three. They started to get their offense going and start to play like themselves in the regular season. And once the Florida Panthers did that, they were hard to stop. The dangerous lead in game five going up 3-0 for the Capitals, and then the Panthers scoring five unanswered goals like I was just talking about in game five. You know, it, it was ridiculous. It was a crazy game to be at. The Capitals going up 3-0. It was silent in FLA Arena. No one knew what to think. And then the Panthers score five unanswered goals. I got to tell you, watching them play and the confidence that they had in that game five, you could tell they were playing like themselves in the regular season. The dam was open and the Florida Panthers from the regular season, the President's Trophy winners, were back. And at that moment in time, you knew it was going to be a very dangerous time. Uh, for the Washington Capitals, and if they made it out of the first round, they were able to solve themselves because a lot of people were talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning in that Blue Jacket series and was starting to look a little similar um, because playoff hockey and regular season hockey is very different. More hits, more physical, more defensive, and the Florida Panthers, I don't think at the beginning of the series... They didn't look ready for it, uh, and they were trying to solve Washington how they were playing so defensively and had um, you know Alex Ovechkin having those big hits. They weren't used to that in the regular season, and that was you know stymieing their their offense. And once they're able to find that and be able to solve and play their game and adapt it to playoff hockey. That's when teams have success. Tampa, when they were playing Columbus, weren't able to do that. But with this series, Florida, you know, once they got that big overtime goal and won in Game 4, tied the series, they were able to start to find that. They got a wake-up call, being down 3-0, but the comeback Cats, they had it in them, and scoring those five unanswered goals, all of those goals were classic regular season Florida Panthers goals. They were back. You could tell that they had that confidence. Even down 3 nothing, they didn't give up. And once they had that first goal at home, that's why home advantage in Game 5, that's a pivotal game 2-2. Two two. You want to have that Game 5 at home. Once the Panthers got that first goal, 
The fans were in it. They were cheering them on and ultimately got them to five unanswered goals. And I got to tell you, when they were having those goals, this looked, like I said, like Florida Panthers goals in the regular season. And Carter Verhage, have a night for him. Two goals, of course, in this Game 5 win. But five points in total, so two goals, three assists for a total of five points. So he got a point on every single goal in Game 5, which is unbelievable. Claude Giroux doing well, getting the fifth goal, the big goal that was needed in Game 5 for the Florida Panthers. And Giroux getting two points in that one, but Giroux really came clutch in Game 6. Now again, this is when I think the Florida Panthers on the road, they realized they did not want to go to a Game 7. And they wanted to close it out on the road. And Washington had the momentum. They got that first goal. But again, the Panthers had that confidence now and had that momentum and played like themselves in the regular season. And, of course, they tied that game with Lomberg going into the third period. Uh, the scoreless first, and those first two goals were in the second. Moving into the third was back and forth. Uh, Washington made a 2-1, Giroux getting a 2-2, then Barkov making a 3-2 up, a beautiful pass by Claude Giroux, and then of course, it looked like it was Florida's game, but TJ Oshie on a 6-on-4, getting a power play goal with 18:57 into the third period, a deflection shot, and this game was tied, Washington looking, they had the momentum, but they didn't, Florida at 2.46 into overtime, Carter Verhage, nonetheless for him, after a beautiful pass by Claude Giroux to win the series and win the game. Carter Verhage having six points, or six goals, six assists, for a total of 12 points in this series, and of course, he had three game-winning goals. So out of the four wins they had, Carter Verhage had three of the game-winning goals. So he had his coming out here in this series, looking great for him. And I really have to tell you, um, Sergei Bobrovsky playing great in this series, especially Game 6 to close it out. And I said, if Bobrovsky can find his game, the Panthers can find this ga their game in this series, and they can beat Washington, they w could win the Cup and will win the Cup. That's my prediction. And right now, I got to tell you, of looking at how things are shaping up right now, of everything that goes along with it, in my opinion, Florida had the huge test by the Washington Capitals. The Capitals had, I think, Samsonov. He played great in this series. Started to, you know, drop off, especially in those five unanswered goals. But he played really well, I think, in games three and four. Um, started, again, to drop off in five and six. But he played really well. They started with Vanacek in games one and two. And, you know, I, I think for the Washington Capitals... It's definitely tough for them. They didn't have Tom Wilson, you know, Ovechkin, Oshie. They tried, but the Washington Capitals, uh, they weren't just enough for the Florida Panthers at this moment in time. And it's tough for the Capitals. They haven't won a playoff series since winning the Cup. And, you know, for the Florida Panthers, though, they have to respect what the Washington Capitals did. And the Panthers went through adversity. Even in Game 4, they were down. And they tied it with less than a minute left, wanted it overtime, faced the adversity down 3-0 in Game 5. I think Washington was a great test for the Florida Panthers and actually strengthened them to make them stronger going into 
the next round. Now let's move into Game 7 Mania. Talked a lot about that series, but I thought it was important, especially for the Florida Panthers. The President's Trophy got a great test by the Washington Capitals. But let's move on to the East. They had three Game 7s um, besides the Panthers-Capitals series. Let's start with the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, game 1 going to the Leafs, a big game for them, 5-0. Game 2, 5-3 for the Lightning. Um, so the series was tied. Going back to Tampa, Leafs winning on the road, 5-2. Game 4, Lightning coming back, 7-3. The Maple Leafs, of course, winning 4-3 in Game 5. And the Lightning always pushed back after a loss. 4-3 win in overtime to push to a Game 7 and that's the thing. The Leafs, they had the series lead. They were winning 3-2. Game 6 could close it out. Just a goal in overtime would win the series for them. They couldn't get it done, and it moved on to a Game 7. For the Leafs, they just haven't been able to close it out. That is something they had to do in Game 6 because it never goes well for them in Game 7. Game 7 is a mental hurdle for them, and I think they knew how important it was. Um, to win that game six, and they were so close. They were one shot, one goal away, um, but it just didn't turn out well for them, unfortunately. And you know, it it, it is what it is. Uh, it, it's it's tough for them, of course, but at the same time, you know, you have to respect uh, what is going on with the Tampa Bay Lightning. They pushed back hard, and they won game seven to. To one, and, and this was a, a really tough. Toronto was pushing hard at the end of this game. It was a tight game seven, um, but of course the Lightning winning that in regulation. Andre Vasilevsky was huge, but they're you know the Leafs are gonna blame they or their fans at least talking about the refereeing and all that. But that's just what it is in the playoffs. You, you don't get calls you like. Sometimes things don't go your way, but you have to keep pushing forward and keep going. And I think Toronto. This series could have gone either way, uh, you know in past series. Yeah, they pushed it to game seven They didn't deserve to win I don't think they deserved to win last year against Montreal because of how big they blew that series But I think you know this series could have gone either way. They deserved it as well um, But of course they didn't close out the game six when they needed to and that's when it started to bite them uh, in the butt but of, of course, you know for the Toronto Maple Leafs I think the struggles that they have had in the past when it comes to series is they couldn't get Mitch Marner going. They couldn't get the goaltending. They couldn't get Matthews and Tavares and Nylander and all their key players to actually come up big in the series. And this year for the Toronto Maple Leafs, they checked the boxes. Campbell was great. Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, they all played. They all got the goals. They all got the points. They all played well but still not able to get over that hump. And for Toronto Maple Leafs fans, yeah, they're going to be upset. But I think looking at it and saying, you just played the back-to-back -back Stanley Cup champions. You got them to Game 7, and we could have easily won this series. We were one shot away, one goal away from tying this one. And, I, you know, with that mindset, it's... Something special, in my opinion, of you had all the pieces, all the things that didn't go right for you in the past in the playoffs. They went right for you this year, and you were so close, you just couldn't get over it. And looking into next season, you're like, okay, 
we solved the problems we had in the playoffs, what's that one small little piece, that one little smart spark that's going to get us over that hump? It, it, because if they have that mindset and that mentality, they're not going to hang their heads for that long. They lost the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Everything went right for them. They just slightly missed the mark. What can we do next season? Um, and let me tell you, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're probably not going to look at it like that uh, because, you know, the Maple Leafs franchise, they're frustrated. They haven't won a first round They in a while. They're always losing game sevens. So they're never able to close it out. And this is when you start to say, okay, well, th- this is clearly a problem. Who is, I talked about everything going right for them, and they had the goaltending in their players. What's that little spark? The question is, is Coach Sheldon Keith going to be able to find that spark? Is Co- General Manager uh, Kyle Dubas going to be able to find that spark? And that's the question. Do they need to get a new general manager, a new coach to try and find that spark? And that will be the question. It's going to be an interesting offseason for them. For the Tampa Bay Lightning, this was, you know, not the ideal series for them. Uh, They had it really close to the end, but they always responded in a big way when they lost. They never lost a game. Um you know, in after they had another loss. So every time they lost, they always came back with a huge win. And this was something great for them, uh, winning that game seven. It, again, it's kind of like the Florida Panthers-Washington Capitals series. The Toronto Maple Leafs really tested the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think t- Tampa is also stronger going in now to the Battle of Florida in the second round. It's going to be a fun series. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but for the Tampa Bay Lightning, that is something that's going to be really exciting to have that adversity. Toronto tested them well. It was a great close series. Um, and I had that Tampa in seven uh, when we were talking about it in the um, the bracket challenge and when we were talking about it in the playoff preview. Let's move a little more quickly into the next games. Hurricanes and Bruins. I had this one going Carolina in six. It ended up being Carolina in seven. Game one going to the Canes, 5-1, then 5-2 in game two. The Bruins winning at home in games three and four, four to two, and five to two. Then the home team, Carolina winning game five, five to one. Bruins winning game six at their house, five to two, and then Carolina winning three to two in game seven. This was also a close game seven, but this was really interesting. The home team always won in this series. I think Carolina was the better team throughout this series, but the Boston Bruins did put up a really good fight. Um, It was a close game seven, and I think the Bruins never gave up. It's tough because, you know, their their group and Bergeron and all that, uh, it's getting older. They only have so many more opportunities. Is this the last one? That's the question. Um, But we'll see right now of the Hurricanes and Bruins, it was a fun, great series, uh, and of course, ending in seven games, they are moving on to the second round, is the Carolina Hurricanes, who always have great playoff success. Moving on to the next series, the last one in the Eastern Conference, the New York Rangers and Pittsburgh Penguins, game one going to the Penguins, 
4-2 in Triple OT. Rangers coming back the next game at MSG 5-2. Then going off to Pittsburgh. Penguins winning that one in Game 3, 7-4. Penguins winning 7-2 in Games 4. So, Igor Shosturkin struggling Games 3 and 4. He was able to bounce back in Game 5. And the Penguins having the series lead 3-1, the stranglehold there. But the Rangers coming back. Uh, 5-3 in Game 5. 5 Three again in Game Six, and then Game Seven. Going to the best thing in Game Seven is overtime in Game Seven. You can't get better than that. With the Rangers and Artemi Panarin getting the game winner in overtime at MSG at home, four to three. And I gotta tell you, the Pittsburgh. This was a really fun series, but for the New York Rangers, the adversity they went through with Igor Shosturkin and. Games 3 and 4 were slaughter fest for them, losing 7-4 and 7-2, but they were able to respond in a big way even after, you know, being there for, uh, being down the series 3-1. to So, right now, it, it was something kind of crazy that they were able to come back. But for me, the Pittsburgh Penguins and what went wrong for them in this series, you know, Louis Domingue was good for them, but he was the third-string goalie. Um, Tristan Jari only coming back in Game 7 a little too late for them. He had a great game Game 7, though, but not enough. Igor Shosturkin responding well for the New York Rangers and all their key players. Chris Kreider, Panarin finally coming in clutch there. I, I think the Rangers, again, they faced adversity. They came back in the series after being down 3-1, to and they are now off to face the Carolina Hurricanes. Let's move now to the rest of the game. Uh, er, Round one in the Western Conference, two game sevens happened. The Oilers and the Kings. The Oilers winning the series four to three. Game one going to the Kings four three. Game two to the Oilers six nothing. Game three eight two for the Oilers. Game four four nothing for the Kings. Game five in overtime five to four for the Kings, and the Oilers tying the series three to three. Of course, in Game 6, winning it 4-2. to two. So the Kings were able to close out in Game 6, unable to do that. Um, and then, of course, 2-0, a shutout for Mike Smith. His second of the series in Game 7 uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. A big win for them. I, I don't think it was much of adversity for the Oilers. But the Kings gave a really good fight. And the Oilers were able to bounce back all the time. And a lot of adversity, maybe you do want to use the term adversity. I keep using that word, but I think the teams that came back, they were, you know, the Kings really gave them a good fight. And for the Oilers and Connor McDavid, you could tell how big this was for him to get into the second round in what is going to be a great series. Um, I had that as Edmonton in five, ultimately going to seven. I underestimated the Kings and their future is bright. Look for them to make the playoffs in the futures and go far. All right, let's talk about Calgary and Dallas. This was a really fun series. And just like I predicted, Calgary in seven was the end result. Game one going to the Flames, one nothing. Stars winning game two, two nothing. Stars beating the Flames four to two at home in game three. Flames coming back, tying the series four one. Then the Flames. Winning game 5-3-1, to one, able to close out in game 6, and Dallas unable to as the Stars win 4-2, forced game 7, and ultimately 
the Flames winning the series at home in overtime, 3-2 in Game 7. Now, this was one of the better series, in my opinion, in the first round. Dallas, wow, they had, you know, I, I think Calgary, of course, was the better team, uh, but Dallas really put up a huge fight. Jake Ollinger, oh my goodness. Do the Dallas Stars and their fans have a stud and a future Vesna Trophy winner? He was unbelievable in this series. And in Game 7, 67 shots on goals for the Carolina Hurricanes. That is ridiculous. He had 64 saves. I mean, just a great, great series for him. In overtime, it was 15-5 to in shots-wise. And he was able to keep them in there and just waiting for Dallas to get the OT winner. Never came. Calgary, of course, showing ultimately that they were the stronger team. I think they ultimately did deserve to win this series. But, you know, for the Dallas Stars, they put up a huge fight. And I, I don't think it's much as adversity in this series because I think Calgary expected this one. Dallas, they are built for the playoffs. The physicality, those strong goals. The way they play well defensively and then their goaltending they got. I don't think they were expecting the goaltending they got from Jake Ottinger. But they got it. And right now, that was a huge series for the Calgary Flames to get past it. Um, but of course, the Dallas Stars, they they should be proud of themselves. They shouldn't hang their heads low. And for Jake Ottinger, he definitely, definitely should not be hanging his head low at this moment in time. I, I mean, the Dallas Stars even tweeting, Jake Ottinger is our number one, two, and three star. They were really proud of him. 64 save game, an incredible effort by him. And, you know, he's going to have a bright future. I think the Stars will have a bright future. Obviously, some of their guys with Ben and Sagan getting a little older, of course, but it did not happen for them. But Calgary Flames coming out strong. That atmosphere win... You, there's nothing like MSG and and the Saddle Dome for Calgary winning in overtime in Game 7 at home. That's something crazy. And now, yeah, we have the Battle of Florida, Florida and Tampa. But because the Calgary Flames won this series, we hockey fans are treated to Game... How many? Hopefully Game 7 in the Battle of Alberta. That is right, we have... Battle of Alberta, Calgary and Edmonton will be playing. They always are feisty, physical, and ready to go. We are going to see what is going on. So let's talk about the second round. Just want to talk about my predictions. Um, as in past with I had quarantine hockey, we always looked at them. The only series, I had all the winners, Florida, Tampa, Carolina, New York, Calgary, Edmonton, and Colorado just fell short. On St. Louis. Um, I chose Minnesota instead. Uh, and you know of course Minnesota. They played well. But St. Louis ultimately being the stronger team. Um, and when it comes to games. I had Tampa in 7. That was right. Colorado in 4. Calgary in 7. But all the other games did falter. Of course. Uh, and you know right now. It, it's been a fun playoffs. Nonetheless. It's been a really good one. Uh, it was fun. Everyone in Scar and Gray Sports Radio is, you know, having their brackets as well. Kobe Mayer right now 
in the SGSR bracket at number one with 80 points. I'm at 79 and some people as well. So right now it's been a fun first round. Can't wait for the second round, which also has some really great series. So let's start talking about it quickly. Um, let's start in the Eastern Conference. The Battle of Florida. So when it comes to the, they released the schedules. Um, game ones. It, it, so this is how they're grouping it up. The Battle of Florida, Tampa and Florida, those are starting uh, Tuesday, 7 p.m. on TNT, Sportsnet in Canada, and then 9.30 p.m. St. Louis and Colorado on TNT. So TNT gets those two series, ESPN gets the other two. So Tuesday is the Battle of Florida and then St. Louis and Colorado. Um, and then really weirdly, they for the Tampa Bay-Florida series, they have a back-to-back being on the Sunday and Monday because for some reason uh, Emily Arena scheduled a Kane Brown concert on Saturday. Um, it, yeah, really strange that they decided to do that um, during the playoffs, but it is what it is. So the Florida Panthers and Tampa Bay Lightning will be the only back-to-back in this series. Um, it is what it is. Uh, we'll see how it works out. And then unfortunately, the Panthers... And Miami Heat games in Florida and South Florida are at the same times, same days. Um, so some Tampa, fan, some Florida Panthers and Heat fans aren't too happy about that. But let's talk about this series: the Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning, in the Battle of Florida. They played each other in the first round last year, and it was a really fun series. Um, and I think we are obviously it's not the Battle of Alberta, but the Battle of Florida, the Battle of the Sunshine State, whatever you want to call it, is going to be a really fun series. Uh, and you know the Florida Panthers, they have their goaltending right now with Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, he's very familiar with the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, especially when he swept them in Columbus. So he's ready for them. He can do it. Um, but also the Florida Panthers finding their offense. Something big for them. They did not score one power play goal in their Washington series. If they want to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, they got to get their power play going. Special teams is going to be huge in this series. For the Tampa Bay Lightning, are they going to be able to go back to back to back? Florida's going to be a big test for them as Florida the best team in the regular season. I think for this series, goaltending is going to be huge. Both of these teams are very big offensively. So the Panthers are going to have to solve Vasilevsky while the Bolts, or the Panthers are going to have to solve Vasilevsky while the Bolts will have to try and get past Sergei Bobrovsky. And again, special teams are going to be huge here. Penalty kill for the Panthers, penalty kill for the Tampa Bay Lightning. But the Panthers, they need to start scoring on the power play um, if they do want to win this series. I predicted as the beginning of the playoffs that Florida was going to win this series. I think that they really can. Um, if they have the goaltending and they have that adversity, they face some challenges in the first round. So if they go down in the series to the Lightning and they get challenged, they're going to be able to bounce back. And when they're down, they're called the comeback cats. They were down 3 nothing in the game in Game 5. They're always going to try and come back from the Tampa Bay Lightning and give them a big test and this is going to be a fun series the physicality's got to be there for both teams there's going to be fights they don't like each other and it's going to be a fun series for sure the eastern conference other series it's going to be a little different with the carolina hurricanes and new york 
Rangers. Um, for the New York Rangers, Igor Shosturkin, he struggled uh, in games three and four against the Pittsburgh Penguins, but he got his game back. And if he can play clutch, I think the New York Rangers, uh, ultimately, I did choose New York. I made that decision last minute uh, when we were on air talking on the podcast. So I think Carolina, they're a very strong team, though. But this is going to be a really fun series, a good one to watch. Um, not sure how many games. Oh, I didn't see Florida. I think that ultimately could go to six or seven games, probably game seven. New York, Carolina. I think New York could close it out in game six, possibly game seven. But this is going to be back and forth. And for either team, especially for Carolina, if either team can win games on the road, I think that's going to be a big point of changing things in the series. Uh, and we'll see how it turns out. Carolina is a much more physical team. Uh, that's why it was a great series with the Boston Bruins. New York is not that big physical team. Of course, they have Ryan Reeves. And I think he's going to have to have a big series um, in order to push back and get things going. Uh, and we'll see how it turns out. But if New York can push back on that physicality, I think they still will win the series. But I think if Carolina pushes hard with the physicality, it's going to be a little tougher um, for the New York Rangers to win the series, and the physicality could turn the tide. Let's talk about Colorado-St. Louis in the Western Conference. I think Colorado's going to win this one in five or six games. Um, it, it, with the Colorado Avalanche, they were so, so strong with Nashville. They have the break. Now, the big break that they've had, it could hurt them, but it also... Uh, could really help them. And I, I think it will help them in this case. St. Louis, you know, with Jordan Bennington, he's been strong. But Colorado's very strong offensively. And I'm excited to see how it does turn out. But of course, when it does come to this series, I think Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon, they're going to come up clutch and beat the St. Louis Blues team. I think Colorado's just the stronger team. And simply are just going to be able to beat the St. Louis Blues. Let's talk about the last series here, the Battle of Alberta. And I, I don't think a lot of, if you're not always in tuned, uh, it, it's hard uh, if you live on the East Coast and not sure what's going on always for those late games. But I definitely recommend that you watch and stay up for these Battle of Alberta games because they are going to be an absolute treat these teams hate each other. It's just simple as that. Florida and Tampa, yeah, they hate each other, but this is a deep hatred. The fan bases hate each other. The players hate each other. Uh, you have Lucic and Cassian uh, for Calgary and Edmonton, respectively, that are always getting at it. Matthew Kachuk for Calgary with the strength there. This is going to be one fun series. It's going to be crazy. This is going to seven games. The atmospheres, the Sea of Red in Calgary is going to be popping they're going to be ready to go, and right away, this is going to be a crazy series that I don't think a lot of people, uh, I, they were hoping for. They didn't know if it was going to happen because LA and Dallas were making it hard on everyone to try and get this series uh, to happen, but this is going to be a fun one. The offense, the physics, I, I think in this series, you know, I've been in Florida, I talked about the special teams and the offense. In Carolina and New York, I talked about the physicality. In this Calgary-Edmonton Battle of Alberta series, 
it's going to be everything, <laughs> in my opinion. The physicality, it's going to go back and forth and back and forth. Whoever can win that battle, whoever has their stars, and Matthew Kachuk, Johnny Gaudreau in Calgary, and Leon Dreisaitl and McDavid for the Edmonton Oilers. Whoever's getting going there, and the goaltending. Markstrom is the better goaltender, stats-wise, but Mike Smith has had two shutouts against the LA Kings. How is he going to come in clutch? This series, there's so many things that can happen, things that can go wrong and go right for the respective teams. The physicality is going to be there, and it's going to be riding the momentum. Whoever has the momentum, uh, it's going to be hard to steal. And if you're the team that's down in the game or down in the series, if you can seize the moment and get that momentum back, it's going to be difficult with the physicality and the fan bases. If you can get the momentum back or keep the momentum that is going to be really important in this series. Momentum's going to be key, and the physicality, getting those big hits. But also, you know, we've talked about these teams hate each other. We're going to have physicality everywhere. But the biggest thing when it comes to physicality, yes, you want to push back. But you have to stay disciplined. If the team that stays more disciplined... um that's going to be easier to keep the momentum because if you're not staying disciplined and you're giving the other teams power plays back to back and five on three power plays and all that, that's when you start to lose the momentum. So if you can stay disciplined, but also stand up strong, that is when the team is whoever happens, uh, Calgary or Edmonton, that is when they are going to come up stronger. So four great series that's going to be happening in the division finals. And we are going to see what happens with those. We're going to talk to you next Monday to see how things are going after all the game fours will be wrapped up. So again, the Battle of Florida and St. Louis and Colorado, TNT has those games in the United States. Those are Tuesdays, Thursdays, and then Colorado, St. Louis are on Saturday. And then Florida, the Battle of Florida has that back-to-back on Sunday and Monday. Still going to be on TNT. And then it will resume uh, for Game 5s if necessary. will be Wednesdays and then the Fridays. And then Game 7s would be the Sundays um, if necessary again. And that would all be on TNT. ESPN has the games that are starting Wednesday. They have the New York Carolina series and the Battle of Alberta Um And of course, for the most part, they are all 7 p.m. Eastern starts and then 9.30 p.m. Eastern starts. Uh, But Friday is on ESPN uh, for Game 2 of New York, Carolina, and Battle of Alberta is 8 p.m. and then 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, So it'll be very interesting to see how things turn out. But again, ESPN has the game starting Wednesday, New York, Carolina, and the Battle of Alberta. And this is what I like now. Of the, the, you, we're going to have the same broadcasters covering all the different series um, in the same series. So you're not going to have different broadcasters uh, calling different games in the series. You're going to have the same networks carrying it. Uh, and of course, it was difficult in the first round because the NBA playoffs. But now they have that. And of course, Sportsnet in Canada will have all the games since they or the only um, national broadcast partner for the NHL. I hope in Canada it changes eventually. TSN and Sportsnet, having both games would be great for the sport and do the same thing ESPN and TNT are doing here in the United States. So that's going to be it for 
our round one recaps and round two previews, let's get quickly into the rapid headlines with some NHL award announcements. Getting now to the rapid headlines here on 614 check, not much going on here. We know that Edmonton's Darnell Nurse was suspended for one game for headbutting LA's Philip Deneau, but nothing else happening after that. Uh, let's talk about some NHL award nominees. The Calder Trophy Rookie of the Year, voted by the PHWA, uh, is of course. The nominees for that are Michael Buttoning of Toronto, Maurice Sider of Detroit, and Trevor Zegers of the Anaheim Ducks. We of course know that Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Igor Shoshkirkin are the Hart Memorial Trophy finalists. Uh, and that, of course, is a big honor for all of them. That's voted by the writers. And then the Ted Lindsay Award is the MVP as voted by the players. Roman Yossi, Austin Matthews, and Connor McDavid are the nominees for that. And, of course, we know that the Canucks announced that Bruce Boudreau it will be back as their head coach next season. Uh, and that is great news for them. And, you know, when it comes to everything else, when it comes to other NHL awards. We know that the Bill Masterin Memorial Trophy finalists is voted by the PHWA, Zdeno Chara of the Islanders, Kevin Hayes of the Philadelphia Flyers, and Carey Price of the Montreal Canadiens. Big honors for all of them. And I, it's going to be hard to choose someone there because they all went through different things and respective adversities, uh, and they all deserve it equally. And we will see, of course, how that does end up turning out now let's turn into the college corner quickly where we had some big news of course it always happens once the podcast is recorded where we now know that wcha hockey commissioner jennifer flowers is stepping down as commissioner in this conference that's of course the conference of the final face-off the ohio state women's ice hockey team minnesota wisconsin minnesota duluth uh, st thomas st cloud state uh, Minnesota State, all those great teams. So she is stepping down as commissioner um, due to uh, joining Southwest Minnesota State as the director of athletics, uh, the WCHA and their board saying the WCHA will begin a national search for Flowers replacement in the coming weeks. Uh, uh, their board of directors, Jason King, says on behalf of the WCHA, we congratulate Jen on being named the Director of Athletics at Southwest Minnesota State. Jen has been a tremendous leader for the WCHA, and she will be greatly missed. We wish her and her family the best of luck as she transitions into this new role and look forward to her continuing to build positive experiences for her student-athletes. So again, congratulations to Commissioner Flowers, or Jen Flowers, on this new move of course she did great things with the wcha was able to meet her a few times um she did great things to grow the sport for the wcha will be interesting to see who the new commissioner is and of course we'll talk about that when they make that hire that's gonna be it for the rapid headlines in college corner without further ado let's get right into the outro I hope you enjoyed episode 25 of 614 Jack here on the Scarlet 
and Gray Sports Radio Podcasting Network. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs and are starting to enjoy your summer or are finishing off the school year or anything else off well. And of course, we are going to be back here next Monday talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs and round two and all the other news we have to talk about. Make sure you follow 614 Check on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for up-to-date podcast news and also up-to-date NHL news. That's the handle at 614check, 4check spelled F-O-R-E-C-H-E-C-K. Make sure you follow Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio on Twitter at the handle at SGSR underscore OSU. And make sure you listen to all the other podcasts on the Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio podcasting network. Also, make sure you subscribe on any listening platform uh, you are listening to. And of course, make sure you share it with your friends and also are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And for our SoundCloud listeners, thank you guys for your support. Um, but without further ado, my name is Zachary Rodier. We'll catch you next time on episode 25 of 614 Chat. Thanks.